<laughs> I don't have any patience. And I love it. I used it all up with the three and four year olds today. And now I feel like I'm going to have to really take a breath as I'm talking about <laughs> some of the things in this book. I get you. I'm like, I don't want it to be a hate fest like our last episode. Oh, no, no. I don't think I, I don't feel like I'm there there, but okay. you know. Well, I am. I'm always in the mood to complain because <laughs> that's just me. Actually, it's really not. I feel like I'm such a like dumb, optimistic bitch sometimes, like, and it gets mm -hmm. me in trouble, but I get it. And I actually preferred unfiltered Megan anyway, so... Okay, thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. Shall we? Yeah, let's let's um unfiltered,ly unfiltered, <laughs> unfiltered. Oh <my> <laughs> let's talk about a court of silver flames. Unfiltered, filtered, <laughs> <laughs> uncut, uncensored director's yeah. version. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. um this is Bibliophilia and the Philosopher's Degrees. And we're reading A Court of Silver Flames by Sarah J. Mass, the last of the series so far. Yes, with a potential two more coming out, I saw in Goodreads. Yeah, so I mean, they have to, but mm -hmm. that's all we have for right now. So Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to give you a heads up. Oh, wait, I think I already told you this. Like, I called you. I'm, I was like an hour deep into Nietzsche YouTube yesterday or yep. two days ago. I have never felt so smart afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> but also, okay, so I um, have upped my gummies now. So I take five to one. So it's 10 milligrams of CBD, five milligrams of THC and five milligrams of THC is like when people start to feel like the highness. Uh, so I've been cutting them in half and taking um, a little bit at a time to kind of like continue to like uh -huh. build up my tolerance so I don't get laid on my fucking ass one day um, and have a huge panic attack and suffer from depersonalization and derealization again. Uh, yeah. So, but I had taken one while I was watching all this stuff and it resonated so much with me and I was slightly high and I was like, am I Nietzsche reincarnated for like 30 <laughs> seconds? Like the, it just happened. And I was like, whoa. No, it sounds like mm, we're back in college. Yeah. Oh my God. Right. It, it felt like I was too, like with all the notes that I was taking. Oh, I'm glad. You know what? What I think you need to do maybe to prepare for our episode, for the listeners. <laughs> Do it for the listeners. <laughs> yeah, so how was your like note gathering, note taking process? Well, I mean, if we're talking about our substances, I, <laughs> like a damn fool, stopped taking my Lexapro cold turkey because oh. of some side effects. Oh and shit. I think that's why I'm like, oh, you guys, you're so stupid. Everybody's so stupid. <laughs> I hate you. And I mm -hmm. just be nice to each other and communicate. Mm -hmm. And my brain is like, that's not what books, th that's not what books are. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. Nobody, 
Nobody wants to read that book, Megan, where there's no <laughs> complicated, you know, plot mm-hmm. moving the plot forward because we can't talk to each other. Like, yeah, the miscommunication trope is irritating, though. Let's be for real. I, it's not like so, it's like these characters. It's just like not even miscommunication. It's just like communicate. Yeah, just to tell Cassian. Cassie and tell Nesta. <laughs> um, somebody put the Archer on Sisters in therapy together. Like, doing some family counseling. <laughs> and I was reading it. And yeah. Nesta's little, like, perspective where she was like, Elaine chose Feyre. And that's that. She's like a... <laughs> Catastrophizing everything. Yeah. And I was like, in my brain, I was like, this is why my mom never let me have two friends over for sleepovers. I could always have one, or if it was like a big night, I could have three. But you <laughs> never left someone out, and so you never had three. There's never three. And I was oh. like, yeah, my mom's so wise. Oh, wow. So, like, that never happened in my household. Like, I, now I'm like, is my mom, like, super brave? Because she let me have, like slumber parties like legit like have like seven to ten girls like over at the same time yeah, they were usually wow. like on my dance team or softball no can't relate it's <laughs> always like you can have a friend and if not a friend then you can have three no yeah three friends can come over so that like nobody gets excluded mm-hmm. no two girls turn on the one girl you know oh I mean? mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and personally, like, I think she's so wise for that. And I think that I'm ready for, I'm, I'm ready for Nesta and Feyre to turn on Elaine. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. That's my hot take. <laughs> do you feel like doing a 30-second recap? Uh, yeah, I can totally do that. Okay. Um, I did not prepare for it. I'm so well prepared this time, but I did still did not prepare for this. I was like, it's got to be my bit of chaos. Well, I will be real honest with you. I did not prepare for this part either. Sweet. So, I'm glad you're going first. We Ready? Uh-huh. We go. Okay, so we start out with Nesta. This book is with Nesta and Cassian's point of view. We start out with Nesta. She's going through it. Lots of trauma. Everyone decides that she's gone too far into this depression pit. And so they're like, we're going to take you to the House of Wind to train with Cassian. And she does it begrudgingly. And then Cassian learns, like, what she needs in order to be able to, like, heal. And she meets, like, other women who are super supportive. And then there's, like, this really big battle at the end because there's a queen who hates her. I feel like at the very end, I'm always like about to like, I look like I'm about to fight because like I'm like, really? like he- chicken head bobbing. Like, I got to get this last point out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like that was pretty good. Thank you. Thank you. I don't know what's going to come out of my mouth. <laughs> I... I didn't know what was coming out then either. So I'm just going to say it and then let that be a blackout moment and I'll come back. <laughs> To I'm the things so, I took notes on. Sidebar. I wish that we could talk more as a society about like the anxiety blackouts you have, like for public <laughs> speaking. <laughs> like, like, 
I don't remember what just happened up there. To no, be, if I will I'm... be listening to this the first time as all of you listeners. I'll hear my 30 second recap at that time as well. <laughs> For me, it's like I hear the same parts over and over since I'm the one that edits. And <laughs> some, like sometimes I'll be like, oh, my God, I have to move on. <laughs> like, I cannot listen to myself like this again. And I always like resolve at the end of it that I'm going to be much calmer and it never happens. Oh man. I'm just glad you still want to be my friend after listening <laughs> to me that repetitively. <laughs> the amount of but um or um buts that we both do mm. <laughs> that I could try I try to cut out as many as possible. Thank you. I just like, why we should be better at this. We're like learned women. <laughs> also, please feel free to cut out every time I make this sound before <laughs> I start a sentence. <laughs> I, I'm worried because I took my edible right before this that my mouth is going to get super dry. So you're just going to hear the like every time I open my mouth. Anastasia's running her tongue across her teeth again, guys. Uh, oh, yep. Okay. Uh, all right. I'm going to unlock my jaw, and I'm going to put this timer up here, and then okay. I'm going to be like, go. Okay, in A Court of Silver Flames, it's all about Nesta and Cassian, and um, Nesta's trying to heal from her trauma, and she's doing it without alcohol or men except for Cassian um, and she makes friends with Emery and Gwen and they train to be Valkyrie and there's a there's a trove of oh, yeah. powerful objects mm -hmm. that we have to find for the queen okay woo now we got that out of the way. How'd I do? <laughs> you did really good. I also made note of the dead trove in my notes. I can't wait to talk about that. They're, you're right. It's a little, pir it's a little piratey, isn't it? It's like a piratey <laughs> horcrux. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is. It really is. Okay. Okay. So the first sentence review and the first sentence being. The black water nipping at her thrashing he heels was freezing. What do we think? I noticed that this is the first book we get Nesta's perspective. Like, mm -hmm. heavily, like primarily it's a Nesta story. Mm -hmm. And the first book, A Court of Thorns and Roses, with Feyre, is also the forest had become a labyrinth of snow and ice. Mm -hmm. And so it was also like cold, you know. Mm -hmm. Oh, um, yeah! Look I don't at know you. What that means, but I noticed it. Look at you. Well, now I want to be like, what are the other first sentences? <laughs> are they all like related to coldness? I don't know, but I also <laughs> my note also just said huh, nipping. So you know, there's like <laughs> deep thoughts, and then there's that. <laughs> As soon as you said that, I was like, am I nipping? And I am. <laughs> Everything's cold. Everybody's cold. <laughs> okay, what I had written is, we're starting with Nessa's experience of being forced into the cauldron. I appreciate the image and insight we're getting into Nessa's experience. It's setting the stage for us to get ready uh, to learn more about Nesta's trauma. 
Yeah, and it's like making plain how traumatic it is to like be forced underwater. Yes. And, yeah. I wonder. I may maybe we shouldn't rank traumas because I was about to be like, I wonder if that's like the most traumatic thing that's happened to her. <laughs> and thinking about all the trauma, because I'm like, is there significance in us starting here instead of like hearing the sound of her father's neck crack? Hmm. Or like, because trigger warning, there are heavy themes of rape and sexual assault in this. Um, mm -hmm. And the other one being that dude that she broke off her engagement to or whatever that tried yeah. to, to rape her. Yep. But yeah, well, I don't... And then there's all the, all the priestesses. <sighs> yeah. I'm just going to go ahead and put it out there that I don't... I'm not going to rank anyone's trauma. <laughs> no, no, no. That's no. not good. That's not a good thing to do. But, I mean, I think it's like... It's definitely what, like what you said. It's like setting the scene, that setting mm -hmm. the stage for what is going to be a theme throughout reliving mm -hmm. the trauma and trying to to get through it. Yes. And so the first point that I have is like uh, it's at the very beginning of the book, and so I thought that we could get started on this. But for the context, like Nesta in a court of Frost and Starlight, or is it Starlight and Frost? I can't remember now. Frost and Starlight. Okay. Blah. I don't know what just happened there. Um, <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> do a restart. <laughs> no, I might leave it in because, you know, <laughs> I like to make us human. Like, I still like to make us human. I'll cut out all the buttums. <laughs> okay. Anyways, so in a court of Frost and Starlight, we get insight into Nesta being pretty like fucked up and probably having like complex PTSD or PTSD. I'm not sure about like the variations, but it definitely feels more complex from my perspective. She is not coping. She is forcing the power within her down, like dulling it in any way she possibly can. She's going out drinking a shit ton. She's bringing home random dudes. Uh, also, though, like, again, from a slut positive perspective, good for her for bringing home two at the same time once. Uh, <laughs> I was like, hell yeah, Nesta, my girl. Um, and that kind of, that's another thing that comes up a little bit later that I, for smutty stuff. Uh, okay, however, we start out with her, like, at essentially her rock bottom because she just spent, like, a shit ton of resand and Favor's money getting blasted. And... She's forced to go to Feyre and Rizan's home, and it's an intervention, is what we come to find out. So everyone has met behind Nesta's back to determine what they think will be the best for her and confront her in an intervention. They decide she's cut off, Elaine's already at her apartment packing up everything, and she's moving into the House of Wind and training with Cassian fucked up interventions can take many forms and can be acted out on individuals at the micro level and on communities or nations at a macro level and a broad viewpoint of interventions would be that they their purpose is to cease continued harm either to oneself others or a combination of the two oftentimes the people that interventions are intended to help are not included in the decision that leads to the said intervention occurring. They are typically only made aware of the decision once it has been made and then are expected to adhere to that decision. So 
Megan, my question for you is, do you think interventions are ethical, especially if they're proven effective? But then also, how should we measure effect, uh, effectiveness? And then as a sidebar, I also wanted to note here that Rizan contradicts all of his principles and values of leaving people with choices when he intervenes with Nesta, and I definitely begrudge him of that. I do think that there are a sense of it being ethical to prevent people from self-harming. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that in that way, they're probably making the right call mm-hmm. because I think she's going to destroy herself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I also don't like... I think that several middle steps were skipped over mm-hmm. and maybe that's like poor storytelling on SJM's part mm-hmm. because it sounds like basically there was just one big fight with Amran mm-hmm. between like Farah saying I was trying to give you space and then now we're doing an intervention. Mm-hmm. I feel like we skipped some steps. But I also feel like the effectiveness of it, I don't know. It's like a fall in line sort of thing. And so this is my second time reading it, but I actually kind of hated the fact that like, what's gonna get Nesta through this is that she's gonna turn into a warrior like the rest of us. And we're like glorifying like being a warrior in that way. I just feel, I feel like one, as a reader, sort of like bored of that, like still your mind by using a sword. Um, <laughs> when like, I don't know, like it doesn't, it doesn't align with me personally. Um, that's all I'll say. Mm-hmm. So, so their effect, I think what they're trying to accomplish, sure. Mm-hmm. It's effective according to their expectations. But how but, do you measure that effectiveness? Oh, and I think it's them, like, them measuring it. I don't think objectively Mm -hmm. it's, like, very measurable. I mean, I guess you can say that she's not engaging in, like, passive suicidal ideation and self-harm anymore. And so in that Mm -hmm. way, it's probably effective. Um, Right. But she is stripped of her autonomy and choice in the decision. And that can also be traumatic for somebody to experience as well. Right. And so that's why I think, like, it's ethical to try and help someone help themselves. Mm-hmm. But where's mm-hmm. the conversation or where's the, hey, like, you're living in this flat that's, like, basically disgusting. <laughs> but I'm still going to come and sit with you. Like, mm-hmm. where's what's Elaine doing during the day besides, like, working in the garden? So mm-hmm. can't, she can't go sit for an hour with Nesta at the house? Like, even mm-hmm. if Nesta's being awful, that's just what you do. Right, exactly. Especially with Nesta doing that very thing for Elaine when she was shell-shocked from... Comatose. Yeah. Catatonic. Mm-hmm. Like... Yeah. I think that Feyre is scared of Nesta and she was like, okay, well, I'm just going to give her space. (laughs) And I think Rhysand is like, well, I just want to do what Feyre wants to do. And Cassian's also scared of Nesta 
scared to scare her off. Mm-hmm. Um, Amarin's probably the only one that wasn't, and but she has the tact of like a aging white male sometimes. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like a man from the 50s. I just... <laughs> I just don't think, like, they they didn't do a good job Mm-mm. by her. And I also don't think that they're out there like, ooh, we solved the problem. Nesta <laughs> knows how to use a weapon now. She and can slice a ribbon with a sword. She's got muscly thighs now. They do bring that up a lot. <laughs> so much. I get, Sarah, that you're trying to be like, yeah, like, it's not about being thin. It's about being strong. Mm -hmm. But, like, we got it. (laughs) We got it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally agree. I don't know. Does that answer your question? Is it, do do you feel like I'm? Yes, it does. I'm going to say that, like, with the research that I concluded, I don't think interventions are good Uh, after all the studies Mm-hmm. I say that like, but, like I only read the abstracts of them because I wasn't gonna pay for the PDF version of it. But uh, like, I was on JSTOR for weeks. <laughs> Sorry. No, that's fine because that's exactly where I was looking these things up too. So that's why I was laughing. Um, called out. Oh. Um, but yeah, yeah. After that, I was just like, you know, honestly, I think it's like better to invite people into like a conversation because maybe instead of them like putting their feet down and being like we're dictating what you're doing it's like they're we're putting our feet down and you're gonna fucking talk to us yes yeah you know like where is the where is the high fae therapist (laughs) oh my god yes where are they (laughs) after everything that's happened (laughs) Where is the um, the the high fae who has the magical power of being able to get people to talk to each other about mm. their feelings? Right, <laughs> right. There's a lot of that is skipped for Nesta, and it pisses me off because, like, I don't know. I just feel like she's treated so differently compared to the other two sisters, and it really it frustrates me because I think Feyre and Nesta are so much more alike than. I think Resan wants to see. Yeah, on um, my notes, mm-hmm. I have like, hi, why don't any of the Archerons seem to notice that they all have a shutdown style response to trauma? Literally mm-hmm. all of them, from their mm-hmm. father down mm-hmm. to Elaine, to mm-hmm. Nesta, to Feyre. They That's all shut down. such a good point. Shut down. Yeah. So, like, you can't, see, like, hello, like, mm-hmm. turn. Turn, turn, turn around. Turn, turn around. <laughs> I'm sorry, my brain threw up two references at the same time. <laughs> turn the kettle around. Look into it. <laughs> I think that's your Libra and your Gemini, like at conflict right now. Yeah. Um, uh, okay. I'm glad I'm glad you see it that way because the other point that I brought up about like I just feel like we see such a contradiction in Rizan's like actions aligning with his values and principles when he strips Nesto away of this choice because he's pissed that she hurt Feyre's feelings. Yeah, and I just feel like we need to be honest like Rizan just doesn't like Nesta. That's exa- I'm like, bro, if you just don't like her, you don't like her, just say it. 
And I kind of think it's because they are a little too much alike. You said it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I don't like myself. I don't like you because you're like myself. <laughs> I don't like this mirror. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and that's why Cassian likes Nessa so much. He's straight, but it's he, like a Reese. It's it, like Reese with a vagina. I he is such a <laughs> cocksucker, like for Reesean. Like he's like my brother. <laughs> Did you talk about him that way? Oh my god! Yep. Don't you say that? He is like. <laughs> Sorry. Do you do? Did you watch Scary Movie too? No. Oh, God damn it. You're not going to get the reference then. <laughs> well, okay. So I'll just like, for the for the listeners who have seen it, one of the Wayne brothers, I can't remember which one it is. Anyway, like in during the entire movie, it's a spoof. Uh, or is it scary? It is scary movie one. Sorry. Scary movie one. The whole thing is like Scream, which you haven't even seen Scream 2. Like, I, or I, I, I'm really spooked. <laughs> I'm He's baby. Spooked. I'm just a baby. I'm just a baby. Okay. I'm baby. I can handle like the, I can handle like Wednesday on Netflix. <laughs> Sorry. You, I feel like The Witcher, which you do watch, is so much more violent and sca- like aggressive than some other things that I yeah, suggested. I watch it like this. The Every- music's getting intense. <laughs> I know something's about to happen. <laughs> My pattern recognition senses are tingling. <laughs> no, it's legit. Like, wait, listen for it. It's too quiet. The music is building. <laughs> that camera angle is funky. <laughs> I- it's like something's looking at her <laughs> from the darkness. <laughs> the way the setup of this scene, I know something's gonna come out of that left hand side of the screen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, well we ventured far too away from what I was talking about, so I'm not gonna try and make the reference anymore. But yeah, it's just like Cassian is a butt but a platonic butt buddy for Resan. Yeah, I, I, do you feel like there's an episode, I feel like there's an episode of Spongebob where they're just like sort of like rubbing their butts together like these fish <laughs> or something and I feel like it's, it's totally just for fun and, in the way that like those cartoons are just weird and funny but I think, I think like that's what they're doing there, that's how they're butt buddies. <laughs> just like wiggly. And Asriel, Asriel is just like, y'all are fucking weird. Like, yeah. I'm not for the butt rubbing. I'll be over here in the corner with my shadows. I'm gonna sulk. Um, the emo group. <laughs> okay, so back on track. I'm pretty sure Sorry. we're gonna... T- no, you're fine, because I went with you. So I, I have to wait for the, like, until we've covered the end of the book for my other point that I want to make because it's just a complaint but it's like a complaint about pretty much everything that happens in the book uh so the next thing that I have to go over until we get to the end is I have the mention of the abyss and the gratuitous like calls to like phrase yeah it's like I get it. We, we couldn't think of another reason to make the character do the things. 
I Googled it to see like if it had an origin in anything in the first two pages. I went to the second page of Google, guys. And all of it was just like Akatar or uh, Lee Bardugo, the Grishaverse, like because mm. they, it's so heavily used in that one too. So yeah. what I wrote, my notes were, couldn't find much on it, but I do want to say, I think the phrase is used gratuitously throughout the Akatar series and I hate it. <laughs> and when I Googled it, I went to a Reddit thread because I was like, oh, like maybe somebody talks about the origins in this thread. Mm -mm, nope. But someone was like, in the comments they were like can someone at least explain to me what this means and the, the reply that they got was think of the spider-man pointing at spider-man meme <laughs> <laughs> so i you guys it's gonna go on the instagram grid because i i made i was oh so i was so mad when i made this too <laughs> but it's I hope it's funny because like, okay, I also made a couple of other ones that I posted on there and I don't know if you saw them because um, I deleted them <laughs> after like, after 20 hours. So it's not that bad. But I was like, so like, this is hilarious. And then I looked back on it and I was like, oh no, this is not good. <laughs> but I, I made this and I'm going to post it on our Instagram grid. I made this. Wait. Oh. Yes. Mm -hmm. Please. Yeah, that's all I have to say about that one. The Abyss I have more to say about, but I've been talking a lot, so I'm going to pass it off to you for a little bit. I, okay, I touched on this a little bit when you were asking me about, like, if I thought um, interventions were effective, and if we, like, specifically if we thought that Nesta's intervention was mm -hmm. effective. Mm -hmm. um, but I just kept noticing... And maybe this is just, like, proof that I'm a pacifist, but I just, like, kept noticing how much glorification of, like, war and weaponry and power mm -hmm. and violence mm -hmm. there is in this book. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, like, I, I have a, like, I have, like, these two conflicting thoughts in my head because I... I want women to be able to have power and defend themselves and feel they're like feel like they're strong and can look out for each other and look out for themselves. But the at the same time there's this part of me that's like we don't have to take these women who have all experienced trauma, teach them how to fight and then like be like okay now you're like better right mm -hmm. because you can you're a valkyrie but like, okay okay real quick though yeah uh can you give our listeners context about what you're talking about so i would say like give a brief like summary of from the time nesta starts working in the library to when other priestesses join the training well, as part of Nesta's intervention, she has to train with Cassian in the morning and then work for Clotho in the library, who's like this priestess that I think is mentioned in the other books as well. But um, you come to find out that like female fae that work in the library are considered priestesses and they've all like they're all there because 
of very traumatic experiences in their past. And it's alluded to that it's all because they've been sexually assaulted, raped. And so some of them, it says, haven't come out of the House of the Wind since it happened. We know Faye are extraordinarily long lived. And so it's like some of them have been inside without actually seeing the sunshine or having fresh air for like hundreds of years until Nesta Archeron is put there and she starts training with Cassian. And I'd love, love that she's like, oh, this doesn't have to be just about me. I can make it available. I can make it a thing that's available to the priestesses as well. And so some of them sign up and join her and Cassian and Azriel give these females strengthening training, which is cool. Um, which is cool. They teach them how to use weapons. They teach them how to quiet their minds, use like breathing techniques, balancing techniques. And it's all presented as like a bandaid, like, like it's the solution, right? And I just, I take some issue with the fact that it's like, this is the way you heal. There's no like attempts to heal other than like working in the library for hundreds of years until Nesta shows up. And then the other option is to get out there and learn to fight. Mm -hmm. And so it's just like this glorification of warrior society and culture and war. I don't, I don't like it because, and this is lightly touched upon as well, but like, Cassian holds a lot of guilt because he's the general of this army, of the Illyrian army. He leads all of Rhysand's armies, um, other than the Court of Nightmares. And, I don't know, he talks about how he feels the guilt when families lose family members that don't come home. Mm -hmm. And so my thing is, like, there's that. And then at the same time, there's, like... But there's nothing, it's like a, to wield a weapon is a dance, it's an art form. There's nothing more beautiful than like the power that you hold when you hold a sword. And I'm just like, okay, but like, who is this really benefiting? Mm -hmm. Is it really benefiting the whole of society? Because I see some Illyrian women who are just still like cooking and cleaning and that's all they do for their whole lives. Mm -hmm. And... Valaris is its nice little place, but then, like, there's all of these people that, like, join the war and sacrifice their lives. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I just, it doesn't feel like, it, it feels icky to me. Mm -hmm. I, I, I agree. And as you were talking about that, I had a thought, too, about this idea of what a perfect victim looks like. Because as you were mentioning that these priestesses don't feel safe leaving the library in the House of Wind, and that thing is underground for people that like aren't haven't read the books or anything. I highly doubt maybe we have like a few. Anyway. That's not important. It's underground, and there's like this giant fucking black pit in the middle of it. And I was thinking about that and how that is a little bit of self-harm because you're not you're not leaving a comfort zone that's like literally underground and getting vitamin D. <laughs> like it's 
I see it as like a, a slow motion self-destructive path as opposed to the one that Nesta was on where, I mean, she was just like Tasmanian devil because <laughs> that, that's just who Nesta is as a person. But Reese has never felt the need to intervene on behalf of the priestesses, even though it would probably be good for them to get out of that like dungeon-esque it's not a dungeon and the aesthetic is amazing but he doesn't feel the need to intervene on their behalf and be like oh you know like maybe you should try to leave sometimes and it didn't have that like grace and patience with nesta and it's because like i mean he is like painting these priestesses as like the perfect victims almost in my in in from my perspective yeah like and what i have done to be their hero is provide a safe space for them Mm -hmm. Um, that they never leave yeah and i think it's like implied that some of them do eventually leave they some of them get into the valkyrie training like, no, I mean, like, before that, like, I think in the beginning, and there's a conversation mm-hmm. that Gwen and Nesta have where Gwen mm-hmm. sort of alludes to the fact that some do leave, and once they leave, they can't return. Whoa, I didn't realize that that was a boundary. Yeah, I feel like, I hope that I'm not making that up, but I feel like I read that, and so it's another weird thing. Um, ultimately, all of that has me, like, sort of wondering and thinking about, like, do we think that, do you think that there, like, is something to the, like, glorification of war and martial, martial arts, that's not it, (laughs) Um, but militarism, Mm -hmm. or is it, like, does it serve the collective in a way, like, genuinely, Mm -hmm. or do we think it's just, like, a manipulation by those in power? Yeah, because they're... They are not thinking outside of themselves when they make these decisions for on what they feel like are going to be best for people. Because, like, starting with Nesta, Feyre and Cassian were like, well, we're angry and we've been angry. And Nesta's angry. And this type of training really helped bring... bring cl- I'm starting to make fun of them with my voice. The, like... They were like, Nesta is angry, so she might, she will get something out of training because that's how we channel our anger. And so they're really not thinking outside of themselves and inviting people in to talk about like what actually might be best for them. And with the priestesses, like, I think the point of it was to that. Like, they did get out of that, like, the House of Wind, and they were around men for, like, the first time. And I do think that Asriel and Cassian approached the women very considerately. Like, they were very inclusive and respectful with how they approached and trained the women. But there's never... Nobody ever stops just to have a conversation, like you were saying earlier, the communication part of it. No one's having a conversation of, like, is there more than this that we could be doing instead? Like, Feyre paints. Yeah, and then, like, that's the thing. It's, like, you. it's clear that there's been thought process 
in Valaris mm-hmm. between Feyre and like that other fairy mm-hmm. who run the painting studio as mm-hmm. like a form of therapy. Mm-hmm. And then there's a conversation where Feyre talks to the weaver and like weaving is her sort of creative outlet mm-hmm. for processing her emotions and you know Elaine uses her gardening and so like there's other ways that Mm -hmm. you can be active leave like a a safe space but like basically like fortress Mm -hmm. and get some get some air and just you know (laughs) be outside for a minute Mm -hmm. other than like learning to become a weapon basically mm-hmm. I agree and they know that Nesta likes music mm-hmm. no one but Cassian thought to get her something where she could listen to music that would make her happy I feel oh my god okay so this is a thing that I was going to bring up to the house which by the way guys is alive but the house learns Nesta's needs and wants better than any of the other Fae do because there are times where the house is like revealing itself to Nesta and Nesta does start start to think of it as like a sentient being. And she starts talking to it and it never crossed in the 500 fucking years that Rhysand has had this house. No one has ever thought to talk to the house, but Nesta did. So the house like starts revealing itself to her and then like Nesta loves to read smut. So the library just drops like stacks of, or the house drops stacks of like smutty novels on her nightstand. But there's like this one particular scene where Nesta like returns to the house and it's been a really fucking brutal day. I can't remember exactly the events that led up to it that were, if they were significant or not, or if it was just a rough day of training, (laughs) but she gets there and the house has a book, a bath and what is it? A cake. Yes. Because it knew that that's how Nesta unwinds. Yeah. It's like, and so like nobody, else has like interacted in this way with one another like you have a fucking like abstract intangible sentient thing communicating with Nesta and no one's ever done that like outside of that I know and to be like devil's advocate here like Nesta can't push away a house (laughs) (laughs) well she didn't try to either (laughs) Right, right. She was really um, intrigued, and I ended up like, I was like, why am I so like invested in this relationship oh, by the honey, end of the book? It was like, it was like me and um, the the place in Hellbent and Ninth House all over again. The like safe house that was like, oh, like let me try to protect you when there's an invader in the house. Like I was like, oh. Why do I love a sentient house so much? <laughs> okay, yes. Like, I, I was, I remember feeling that way too about it too. Like, I love it. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, to go back to your original question, I, I don't think that there's like hardly any communication happening. People aren't really thinking outside of themselves. It, I feel this way with military now because it is a realization that I had that in order to 
survive at minimum survive being in a sort of armed forces you have a certain amount of like brainwashing that you go through so that they can like embed nationalism in your very like psychology your behavior yeah like we can't ask these people to go and die for Mm -hmm. our goals Mm -hmm. unless we imbue them with this Mm -hmm. intense amount of patriotism and loyalty Mm -hmm. and we make it so that like you will be rewarded beyond your wildest dreams it's the highest of honors to Mm -hmm. die in battle Mm -hmm. um and i'm like okay but is it like Mm -hmm. we see when pharah and more go to adriata um Mm -hmm. in the second book or maybe the third book i can't remember Mm -hmm. i can't quite remember but like we see just how like gruesome and brutal and violent it is and nesta or not nesta pharaoh physically vomits Mm -hmm. afterward Mm -hmm. and so of course we have to tell people that like it's the highest of honors Mm -hmm. and then you get to deal with the fun sort of duality you've created in people's minds where they're like I'm actually horrified by what I just did Mm -hmm. but it's such an honor why don't I feel that it's such an honor why do I why do why do I feel Mm -hmm. sick about what I just did if it's supposed to be such a beautiful thing to do for my people Mm -hmm. and I just hate that yeah and I think because of who is training them, Cassian and Asriel, and they've shown, Cassian actually has shown his ability to be emotionally intelligent and think outside of himself. He does learn Nesta, like, ab- not, so she learns about her. Like, <laughs> he realized, like, she doesn't want to embarrass herself in this Illyrian war camp, so I should take her to the House of Wind if I'm going to get any, like, sort of, like, initiative out of her. Yeah, I don't think he's not emotionally intelligent. I just yeah. think, like, as a concept, there. I I've gone really big picture, and I've been I've been like, maybe, maybe like Azrael because I feel like he's always hating on the Illyrians. But like, mm-hmm. I've gone full scope and been like, it feels really yuck. <laughs> yeah. To glory to like have a warrior society where we glorify. Mm-hmm. war and violence in such a way and it's like all for the sake of the you know collective but the collective is like it's not they're not at war with the Illyrians right they're at war with the night court at large and mm-hmm. so I don't even think Reese like asks anybody in Valar like it's expected of the Illyrians to go to war because mm-hmm. they're a warrior society fact mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, like, I don't think he even asks anybody Mm. in Valaris. And I think then, like, the Court of Nightmares, they're just, like, scary. So Mm. he's like, yeah, you'll come because you want to. Because you like it. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) uh, I don't know. I, I just feel like are those sorts of societies and perspectives on war justifiable when... They breed things like PTSD and toxic mm-hmm. masculinity and mm-hmm. um, harm to women. And mm-hmm. I don't think they are. 
<laughs> I don't think they are, but that's like I was just like I think I think part part of it too is that I just read like Fourth Wing, and before that I read like The Serpent and The Wings of Night, and both mm-hmm. of those were very like war centric mm-hmm. as well, and so maybe I'm just all burnt out, but I'm like I've had enough. Yeah, I get it. So that's that's me being mm-hmm. a ray of sunshine. I'm out. <laughs> no, no, I'm actually not because I have one more thing, and it's, it's me feeling like pissy. So maybe you'll enjoy it more. Okay. But like, why do why are Cassian and Asriel and Amran such little sycophants for Reese being the king? Of Prithian. Oh my god, I know. I'm like, the conversation is like him being like, I think Favor is gonna die. And they're like, you should be king. <laughs> Favor should be queen. Like, I don't know how I'm gonna tell my wife that I think our baby is gonna kill her. And they're like, you should be king. You thought you're so powerful. Do oh, it. Oh, do it. And again, making decisions for people without their, like, without them being invited into mm. the conversation because okay, we find out that Feyre is going to have an Illyrian baby, which means that the baby's going to have wings. And she is high Fae, but she is a shapeshifter. So when her and Rhysand had some coitus, she was in... <laughs> I don't why I thought some coitus. Some coitus. Uh, she was in her Illyrian form when she gets her wings and she flies in the sky with Rhysand and they fucked in midair. <laughs> and her body, because it changed its very like atoms, she, her body thinks that she's full Illyrian. And so it's like, you're going to create an Illyrian baby, but she's not actually Illyrian. She's high fae and her uterus can't open that or like her uterus can her support hips. it. It's her hips. The pelvic bone will not be able to spread far enough to accommodate the wings of the child. Mm-hmm. And so it would kill the child and Farah. And I'm having like, wait, come on, Sarah J. Mass. We went through this in Twilight. <laughs> okay, wait, 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 though, though, though. wait. This is the, one of the things that pisses me off so bad. So they're like, you should be king. And he's like, hey, by the way, I can't be king because if Feyre dies, I die. Because- By the way, we did a really fucking emo thing, and now if one of us dies, the other one's going to die, too. Okay, but you know what really fucking pisses me off about that is Feyre's whole intention for having her baby was to have a piece of Rhysand if Rhysand died. That makes, you're so right, and it makes no fucking sense, because like, if Rhysand dies, then she dies. Right. Sorry. Yeah. I punched my mic. <laughs> I, that hit me last night, and I gotta tell you, like, I was typing, like, <laughs> like, I was. Cat with the keyboard. <laughs> I'll, like, take a screenshot of my notes so you can see, like, my capital letters and my many, 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 many exclamation points. I was like, oh my god, what the why did they do this idiots what fools you fools (laughs) absolute fools (laughs) so yeah i was so mad when i made that connection i was like what the fuck 
They are just such little idiots. (laughs) They listen to my chemical romance once. (laughs) (laughs) Bear went to the tavern where Taking Back Sunday was playing once. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, they are sycophants for him being like, you should be king. And he is like, about that. Uh, we should care about Feyre's death. But, oh, oh, and after all of that, too, he he acts in contradiction with his values and principles because he makes a decision for Feyre behind her fucking back. Oh, I, I have so much. And you know what? This is the, like, overprotective trope mm-hmm. that we see a lot in fantasy. Yeah. And it's like, we all think we want it, but if somebody actually treated this this way. No, I have so many issues with this. Like, okay, he he is like, she might die, but like, don't tell her. (laughs) Don't don't tell her that like the spawn inside of her is gonna rip her body in half when it comes out. Please don't tell her. And then, um, by the way, I'm gonna put a shield around you, Feyre so hard that like nobody can even touch you and they can't even smell her can't smell her can't touch her Mm -hmm. can't do anything and she was like she's Feyre she was Feyre before there Mm -hmm. was a child in her womb and now she's Feyre after there's a child in her womb so like what's this really about it's about the baby so like stop (laughs) Intrusive thought was just, I want to see the baby. Sound. Um. <laughs> and that just made my brain go, Can I pet that dog? <laughs> Can I pet that dog? <laughs> Can I pet that dog? <laughs> Can I pet that baby? Um, <laughs> anyway, it's like, Okay, Rhysand, you are so obsessed with Feyre. You love Feyre so much. But it's not until your little spawn, your winged batty spawn is inside of her that you're like, nobody can get anywhere near her. Wait, hold on. Calling it winged? What did you call it? The spawn? Batty. A winged batty spawn. Episode title. (laughs) It just pisses me off. Like, it's almost like, hi, like, I value you this much. Now there's a baby inside of you. So I value you this much more. It's like. Why did that make me want to immediately cry? It's just terrible. It's terrible. That is so awful. That hit me really hard just now. Like, I'm, I'm genuinely having an emotional response of like, whoa. Mm-hmm. That's not fair. That sucks. That sucks so much. I I hate an overprotective trope. I'm kind of I'm like over it. Anyway, but yeah, then, that's like, why I'm saying like I just want somebody that's really ambitious and like a little angry, just mm-hmm. enough to like wear fingernail polish and have neck t- neck tattoos. Or like, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I'm just trying to, I'm doing this Sagittarius brain thing where I'm like, must make light of serious situation. (laughs) Please, because I've been having. Um, (laughs) And next up, I'm going to be talking about fucking Nietzsche. Okay. (laughs) 
what a segue. So anyway, I just, I, I, I literally like, I can't stand Feyre and Reese anymore in this book. Yeah, I mean, we were definitely over them. Okay, listen, I've got, like I said, I type like an essay of a complaint at the end of this that revolves heavily around Resand and Feyre. Um, I have to do the spark note version. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, it's like, yeah, sorry. I say it's an essay, but it, I mean, like, if it was double spaced, it'd be like two pages. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so. I have the abyss and I have some quotes and then I think we should also talk about the smut like I'm gonna read a smutty chapter like I'm gonna read a full fucking chapter you guys this is my- <laughs> the podcast can't be like four hours long now. I know no 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 no, no. It's, it's such a it, it is a quickie between Nesta and Cassian that made me whoo and y'all are gonna be horny with me um but Nietzsche first <laughs> Okay. Recovery after. <laughs> Much like the light calls to like phase, I kept noticing when people were like, the abyss. If you stare at the abyss, it stares back at you. So I went, this is when I went down my Nietzsche rabbit hole. I guess you could say my Nietzsche abyss, because uh, I stared that thing down. And I looked up the translation of it because it was originally in German and there's several translations of this actual quote, but this one uh, is more fluid. So that's the reason I chose it. But the quote that they are constantly referencing is from Nietzsche's Beyond Good and Evil in section 146. There are several different translations of this quote because it's originally in German. The one I chose was a little bit more fluid and It is translated as battle not with monsters, lest ye become a monster. For if you gaze into the abyss, the abyss gazes into you. In the book, it is a theme of embracing even the bad parts of you. I'll get into that in a second. But when I got to the Nietzsche like rabbit hole, I was like, okay, so what does he mean by monster? And after watching like an hour's worth of YouTube videos, I came up with <laughs> two sentences. <laughs> Do not compromise or relinquish your principles when facing adversity. The end does not justify the means. I see that. Oh, that's why I keep making the comments about Resan contradicting his principles. I think that he's an illustration of what it means to become a monster the monster that you are fighting and i and then the second part was my question of like what is the abyss however before i get into that i wanted to ask you megan what you think of when you think don't become the monster that you're fighting and do you think that resand is falls in line with that definition, presuming that your definition is similar to mine. <clears throat> okay, so don't become the monster that you're fighting. So if you look at that, I think it's don't assume that the ends justify the means. Mm-hmm. So don't don't compromise who you are and the values that you hold to mm-hmm. defeat or get the best of mm-hmm. your enemy. Um, in this one, I guess it's like Brie Allen who is the enemy Mm -hmm. so and i think that like her thirst for power 
is something that I do think Reese is very cognizant of in mm-hmm. himself. He's like, I know I'm the strongest high fae, um, high lord, and I know Pharaoh's the strongest high lady, high fae. Mm-hmm. Our offspring's going to be intense. Mm-hmm. But I, I see him like push back and resist and resist mm-hmm. them pushing him to become king. Mm-hmm. So I can see him resisting on that level, on like his job level. Interpersonally, I do not think he is good at this. Mm-hmm. He just seems like he chooses to pick battles with her. Mm-hmm. And she, that's how she plays. Mm-hmm. She knows like what will set people off. He knows what will set people off. Mm-hmm. And they just do it back and forth at each other. Mm-hmm. I don't like this mirror. <laughs> right? <laughs> and I mean, like, if you think about Rison in the books where Feyre is getting to know him, mm-hmm. it's like constantly like how easily he can set off Lucian, how easily he can set off Tamlin, how easily he can set off Baron or Kier. He's an antagonistic little shit. Yeah, and he plays it, and he's, like, uh, completely unruffled. Okay, Mm -hmm. well, like, who else does that? Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. Nessa Archeron. I just, sorry, I just got the TikTok sound stuck in my voice where it's, like, like this whole time we've been talking, too, about, like, uh, Rhysand choosing that Nessa's going to train and be, like, an amazing warrior because that's what uh, everybody else did, so that must be the thing. And I just imagine Nessa, that sound that's like, but uh, what if I don't want what you want? And it's like, don't be ridiculous, Andrea. Everybody (laughs) wants this. That's, like, exactly how Uh it is. Like Reese yeah, except, it's, it's, except for like you know, it's not just Reese. It's Amran. Oh my god! It's Cassian. I don't know if it's Azrael because I can't. Nobody will fucking give me his point of view, right? Um. But he remember when she showed up for their like solstice celebration and he like hovered around Elaine because he was like, I don't want Nesta to be mean to her. I'm I'm just so freaking over Elaine. But there's a moment in this book too where they're talking about the whole like cause the like thing, and they're like, "Well, Nesta was made from the cauldron too, so she's gotta go be the one to get the mask." Mm-hmm. So I think Amran's like, "Well, we've got Elaine," and Esther's like, "Elaine shouldn't be exposed to that." I'm like. I am Batman. <laughs> Sorry. I in truth or impulsive thought. Impulsive thought. <laughs> uh yeah, no, he he is Batman in that moment. He is he is Batman. Let's be real. I'm Batman. <laughs> I'm the Batman. Oh, jeez Louise. I, I just I don't even know how we got here, but I knew I would get here to where I was like, I'm so freaking annoyed with the lane. Like, do something. Do anything. <laughs> Be reason. Go live in Spring Court. Like, earn your keep, Elaine. Right? Just go fuck around with Tamlin. Bring him back to our side. Take over Spring. Be the high lady there. That's probably what Sarah J. Mass is going to write for you anyway. Yeah. And um, just do something, mm-hmm. please. Yeah. So what I was asking you about originally was, what do you think it means 
what do you think Nisha means by don't become the monster? But I think you answered that. I think you answered it just fine. So, but bringing it back, I'm like, all right. So then what does he mean about what is the abyss? And I, from my perspective, my interpretation of this is like the way that SJM illustrated it in the book is the literal pit of darkness in the library, which ends up being a part of the house that reveals itself to Nesta. And like, you've had little like Easter eggs throughout the book where it's like the shadow, the shadows creeping out out of that, the very pit to follow like Nesta and Gwen. And then the shadow like eventually leaves the library and like creeps into Nesta's room and is like, come with me and you'll be but (laughs) and she's like what the fuck because these shadows usually when she sees them she's reliving her trauma emory another character in the book uh she hears her father like yelling at her Gwen experiences the same thing, but like eventually Nesta puts it together and understands that the darkness, those shadows like creeping out and trying to like entice her into some sort of conversation. She understands that that darkness is a part of the house and what makes the house a whole sentient being. And that actually ends up helping her embrace her own darkness because that is a part of her and I feel like the way that SJM was going was even the worst parts of yourself deserve to be loved so that was my interpretation of it from the perspective of the book but what do you think that he means about the abyss like I think I have too much self-loathing to answer this appropriately oh no that like (laughs) do it no, Who among mean, us like, is not, not self-loathing or experienced it? I think, like, it's a nice idea to be, like, even the worst parts of me deserve to be loved. Mm-hmm. But I also feel like, do you remember, like, two minutes ago when you used a high-pitched squeaky voice way too fucking long in your podcast episode? Stupid. 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 <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, so that's it's your- just... I don't love that. Yeah. Nobody else has to. I don't I don't feel like I don't feel like it is deserved. You might find somebody who is like, oh, "I see every part of you and I I I love you." I don't think it, it's deserved necessarily. You like don't th- owed to yourself? You don't think you owe it to yourself to love like a part of myself that is Well, I think it's more like extending compassion yeah well we're gonna do some inner child healing work (laughs) we're gonna take that offline we're gonna do some inner child healing work no it's just like i think it's i i mean i get it it's like a point of like you gotta have lightness and darkness Mm -hmm. to be a whole yeah everybody does Mm -hmm. i get that but i don't think that like any of us are owed love from anybody really even yourself except for maybe like children but are you saying even yourself like you don't owe it to yourself Hmm. no oh my god i know you (laughs) didn't want to answer because you knew that i was gonna be like megan (laughs) like love yourself i'm gonna fly down to memphis (laughs) 
and like show you love. Well, I mean, I'm not gonna tell you no. Like, <laughs> it's just, it's just, it's one of those things. Like, mm-hmm. I just think that. Oh, maybe this is why I'm, me and I don't. This maybe this is why I'm like I don't really can I, I don't really like Nesta that much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where I'm like Nesta's my girl. Mm-hmm. I I just think it's like okay, so the abyss stares back at you. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like I have to. It might stare back at me, but I don't feel like I have to embrace it. Yeah. I I see it's there. What you can acknowledge it. But yeah. not attached to it. Yeah. Okay. I get you on that one. It's a little less bleak. What's going to be your new Instagram handle? <laughs> it's a little less bleak now. <laughs> oh, my Meg God. That's right. It's a little less bleak. Meg X. Um, and I have to put this out there because uh, this is who I am as a person. Uh, so you, you being like, it's a little less bleak now. Um, last night when I was, when I was like going through my Nietzsche YouTube spiral, I, there was a quote and being the philosophizer, dumb emo bitch that I am. I was like, I'm going to put that on my Instagram bio. (laughs) (laughs) So it says there are no facts, only interpretations. Oh yeah. With a black heart next to it. Mm Mm-hmm. The wilting rose that you could, like, code in somehow. Oh, my God. Um, what is, yeah. what has become us? Just little babies. Just emo babies. Okay, also, speaking of quotes. So, I have a Nietzsche quote tatted on me. It was my second tattoo that I ever got, because it was when I broke up with my college boyfriend. Megan remembers him. Mm. I went... And got this tattooed, and it's from Nietzsche's Beyond Good and Evil. But also I found out that the quote that I got tattooed is actually a Kipling quote. Like, his interpretation of Nietzsche section 199 of Beyond and Evil. And I was like, God damn it! Ah! But it says the end of... got a cover, Sorry. I might get it covered eventually because it's... No, no, I was like, instead of the original, you got a cover tattoo. (gasps) I got the remix. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. Okay, so the, the quote is, the individual has always had to struggle to keep from being overwhelmed by the tribe. If you try it, you will be lonely often and sometimes frightened. But no price is too high to pay for the privilege of owning yourself. That's some really deep shit. Man. Isn't it? Ugh. Uh, I even, what, what like... What part do you have tattooed on you? Not the whole thing, right? Uh, no price is too high to pay for the privilege of owning yourself. Yeah. And it's in my emo, like, slasher <laughs> handwriting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, what I'm... else would it be? <laughs> Century Gothic could never. (laughs) Uh, Book Antiqua. Mm -hmm. (laughs) For all of our Microsoft Word nerds out there. Uh, All of our dark academia, we use Book Antiqua. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then another quote that kind of gave the vibe of the abyss uh, staring back into you is in the very first, like, chapter where the first sentence came from. 
<laughs> On the third page, it says, Wrapped in black eternity, Nesta and the cauldron twined, burning through the darkness like a newborn star. Which should have been the first sentence. Huh, what? That should have been the first sentence. I know. Dude, reading it back right now, I just got chills. Totally. That's some deep shit. And it's beautiful in a way. It really is. And it's like it ties into that whole the abyss. Yes. What if you stared into the abyss and the abyss stared back and it was like, you're so pretty. I mean, that's kind of how I feel looking at you right now as you fade away into the darkness (laughs) as the sun sets. (laughs) Yeah. And you're pretty Um, too. Thanks. Thanks. (laughs) No, in the room where I record, it starts off like perfectly well lit. It's got it does a south window. It's got a west window. It's great for the end of the day. But mm-hmm. then I just slowly fade into the darkness. Yes, it is that time of year though where there is equal parts day and night. Mm-hmm. So that was the bleaker stuff that I had. I was gonna do some smutty stuff soon, but I wanted. What else do you have? Okay, so I have like one fun question. Okay. I hope it's fun. Please. Um. <laughs> the Libra pressure. Okay, so the Fae... So part of having, part of fairy lore is, like, they're going to try to bargain with you in some way. And that's, like, mm-hmm. not not a Sarah J. Mass thing. That's, like, mm-hmm. fairy mythology. Mm-hmm. But in Sarah J. Mass land, lands, when you bargain, you get a tattoo. Mm-hmm. And so my question is, like... A tattoo. Tattoo. What bargains do you feel like you've made that would leave you with a tattoo? And, like, how many do you think that you've had? You would have. Mm. Do they have to be verbalized? No. No. And okay. I, I just... I'm like, and, like, you don't have to get into it. I was just thinking mm. about that. Like, I've not gone and, like, shook somebody's hand and been like, okay, deal, deal. Mm-hmm. But I do feel like... <laughs> on a lighter note, like I, I bargain every freaking day. If you just lay still for forty-five minutes, I'll give you a book, and you don't have to sleep. <laughs> Nap time. Um. Okay. Deal? <laughs> this is sad, uh, cause that's how I. I mean, now that you put it that way, I bargain with Dakota all the time to shut the fuck up. Yeah, that's like the fun that I was trying to get to. <laughs> like, because Dakota is like that that kid that was like, "Have you ever had a dream where have you had the like about and." stuff <laughs> and and like that's dakota or like the oh, the yeah. one that's like do you ever think the wind is trying to tell us something but <laughs> we can't hear them and, and i'm always the woody harrelson that's like i just wish you would stop saying odd ah, shit and that is me <laughs> and i have definitely like i've definitely called dakota out for just like telling me every thought that comes in his brain like well the other day uh, we were driving back from the grocery store and we were listening to music and I was like, oh, this is my favorite part. And then like 15 seconds later, Dakota was like, yeah, so I saw a van on the side of the bell line today. Also, you doing Dakota's Wisconsin accent is just sending me. <laughs> that, I mean, that's not like I am exaggerating it because that... <laughs> 
I was also making him sound like a dork because that's how he sounded like to me. But I was like, I literally <laughs> just said 15 seconds ago, this is my favorite part. And he just like, it just went over his head. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And yeah, there was one time. So is he like bargaining for his life with you or? Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, I bargain with him because like when I've called him out on like him doing that, I'm like, seriously, like. I really don't think that you can last a full 10 minutes without saying something. <laughs> I just... Can. I'll give you a piece of candy. <laughs> no, I didn't even say that. I, I was just like, I just don't think that you are physically possible to shut the fuck up for f- 10 minutes. And he was like, all right, Bet. And he set his timer on his phone. And it's, I mean, he made it, of course, because he had to prove me wrong because uh-huh. he's always got to like up the ante on shit because he can never lose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's a Leo rising Leo Venus for the astrology babies out there. Um, so <laughs> you will know. If you know, you know. If you know, you know. So those are usually the bargains that I'm making with Dakota of like, can you not? follow me around in the kitchen right now mm-hmm. and so you're so, so like but basically we both be covered yeah so. absolutely we're both dealing with children sorry dakota <laughs> i know you listen to this i love you please don't get mad I at me when too, you hear dakota. it <laughs> i love you too please stay subscribed <laughs> i'm trying to think if i would have like any other fun ones I probably would have, like, really sweet ones because of, like, like the way that I spread love to friends. I'm sure, like, you know, like, I'm very... Wait, is this on topic? Is this going to answer the question? <laughs> I thought it was going to go somewhere, but I don't think it's... I was thinking... Okay. I was thinking about, like, when my friends, like, need to be hyped up or something. Like, I might be, like, at... I might bargain at times then, too, to be, like... If you're nice to yourself or no, I don't bargain. I'm just like, listen here, you beautiful fucking nice. bitch. Be nice to yourself. Really, I always think about that the reel you sent me. You must want me to come over there. Because you're being mean to yourself right now and I'm gonna beat you up. Yep. Yep. So, um, no, those are more threats than bargains. Yeah. yeah. You're right. Okay. Um, so yeah, that's no threat tattoos. <laughs> Okay, um, tell me about the smut. Okay, so... I've never... I don't know what that is. I've never... I'm, I'm just, just, I don't know anything about that at all. Don't you worry, baby girl, because I got you. <laughs> I got you. Um, first of all, I found this TikTok where it um, shows all the smutty chapters for like each book, and... <laughs> I was so excited when I saw how many A Court of Silver Flames had. I fully appreciate Cassie and Anesta's sexual appetite. I had to recharge my magic wand a couple of times because of Cassian, like just the way that he talks to her. So, yeah. I'm going to read this part of the chapter because uh, I was like, I we got to get it in here. Like I have I feel like I have to embarrass myself a, a lot to, on this thing. I don't know why I do that to myself. I, I just I just want you to know that, like, um, I have a series of vocabulary words. And if you read them out loud, I'm just going to be like, <laughs> 
I'm so okay. excited to do this now. <laughs> okay. All right. So I'm just give. I've got my book out. It's on pages 516, 517, and 518. So it's like a section of a chapter. It's not as bad as I thought. Um, <laughs> it's towards the end of the book, but let's just say that the smut has been very good up until this point and Nesta and Cassian are not so much like dancing around one another anymore like they were but they are being like aggressively sexual with one another and physically emotionally they're still just like oh my god I, I saw a TikTok. God, TikTok is not my entire personality with how much <laughs> I bring it up. But it was like, it was a, a video of someone being like super emo in a corner because they were, they said, I just realized throughout the entirety of A Court of Silver Flames, Cassian never once tells Nesta he loves her. Yeah. And I was like, oh no, that's so true. <laughs> I mean... That's what I'm saying. I'm like, where's the fairy therapist? Yes. Yes. Because Cassian clearly has mommy issues. He mm -hmm. needs to work through. He's got some hero worshiping that he's uh -huh. doing. With Kill your idols. Mm -hmm. and, and metaphorically. They all, I mean, I guess that makes for interesting characters to read. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I'm like... Use your words. <laughs> yeah, Cassian and Nesta only use good words when they're fucking... They're usually just like, Cassian, Nesta. <laughs> oh, he <God>. roared. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. I'm going to read this. I don't know. Should I do it? Should I try to do it seriously? I think we should. Listen to your heart. Okay. <laughs> I, well, my heart is like, make it a joke. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have gathered the shadows around me. I'm in the dark and only revealing my eyes over my mics. So actually, this is a really good, this might be a good Instagram photo. Like, I don't know if it'll turn out well with like the other way, way you had it was better. No, when, no, but hang on. I have to fix my eyebrows. <laughs> I'm, I think I'm going to leave this in because this is amazing. <laughs> Okay. You're going to see me. Okay. Yes. 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 <laughs> I'm going to send it to you. <sighs> I'm going to do some editing to it to see if I can make it like Instagrammable. Okay. Okay. To the smut. I'm just going to follow my heart. <sighs> Nesta didn't forget that parting shot. Not as they finished training for the day, and certainly not when she dragged Cassian down the stairs straight to his bedroom, need bellowing in her veins. Cassian apparently felt the same. He scarcely spoke in these last few minutes, his eyes blazing bright. They only made it as far as his desk against the wall before she grabbed him, right as he pushed her down onto the wooden surface and stripped off her pants. Bent over the desk, her bottom half entirely exposed, Nesta ground her aching nipples into the wood surface, savoring the brutal crush. Her jacket, her shirt, her boots all stayed on. In fact, her pants were only pushed down to her ankles, restricting her further movement, leaving her utterly at his mercy. And as his cock at last sank deep into her. The two of them groaned. 
He stood behind her, one hand braced on the desk, the other clenching her hip as he pulled out nearly to the tip, then pushed back in slowly. Nesta writhed. I could fuck you for days, he said against her sweaty neck. She moaned into a pile of papers. I'm fucking soaked with you. He growled, and the hand at her hip slid around to tease the apex of her thighs. A moment. All right, and then... Okay. Scene. At the first taunting stroke, she breathed, Cassian. He pounded into her at a steady, deep pace. The liquid slide of his cock into her sounded obscenely through his otherwise silent bedroom. His balls brushed against her, tickling her with each powerful thrust. Harder. She wanted him imprinted on her very bones. Harder. Fuck. He exploded on a breath and pulled back from where he'd braced himself. Hold on to the desk. Pause. Whoo! Like, what would you do if Cassian told you to hold on? Are you a Cassian I... stan? No, I'm not. Oh, shit. Um, this is the wrong person then. Um, For me, I was like, yes, daddy <laughs> like oh. I, I i appreciate cassian but i am at the same time just a little like it's if it's hard and rough every single time i'm gonna get bored <laughs> also i don't think you like i know cassian is smart and emotionally intelligent but he is a little bit of a brute and i don't think that that's your type N- no yeah no, i don't like a like a piney sad brute boy. I, you can be <laughs> sad, but like not intellectualize a, your sadness a little bit. Yeah. Oh, that's a Gemini moon coming out, <laughs> bitch. That's a real Gemini moon moon. Okay. Okay. Then you're not getting hot and bothered like I'm getting hot and bothered, but maybe the listeners will be. So. Oh, yeah. No, please. Okay. Continue. Okay. Hold on to the desk, he ordered, and Nesta stretched to grip the edges just as his hands landed on her hips. His thighs pushed into her own, spreading her further, as wide as she could go, and he gave no warning before his hands tightened and he unleashed himself. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> <laughs> we gotta stop using the word unleashed, okay? And roared. Roared is one of them for me. It's... Unleashed is definitely one of them for me. It's on my list, and I'm just calling it out as I hear it when you say it. Okay. 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 Stop it. Stop it. (laughs) You stop stop it. it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And back. Exquisite, punishing thrusts slammed so deep he hit her innermost wall, and her eyes rolled back into her head at the sheer bliss of it. He became savage, unrelenting. She might have been sobbing at the pleasure, the sheer size of him, so large there would never be any getting used to it. Every unrelenting push had her inching against the desk, the wood and papers teasing her breast, and she nearly wept at that too. Point. Mm-hmm. Continuity here, SJM. Her jacket's still on. Oh, yep, yep, yep. Okay, continue. Maybe it's some... Um, <laughs> how can I make this as unsexy as possible? Like, you wrote it wrong. Her jacket's still on. Her breast's being teased. Okay. Did a paper airplane, like, slide in there? I don't... 
<laughs> she stuffed Sorry. him in there and mid. <laughs> she's, she's a crumpled up piece of paper down her bra. <laughs> Okay, continue. <laughs> okay. Cassian's fingers dug into her hips so hard, Nesta knew she'd bruise. Loved that she bruised. That to me, that one was hot. I was like, That's shit. Hot. Yeah, like, I don't know how to explain it yet. I'll get through this and we'll see. He shifted his stance and his cock plunged even deeper, rubbing against that spot. And the sounds that came from her weren't human or fey, but something far more primal. Fuck yes, he snarled at her abandon. That's it, Nesta. He accentuated each word with a savage thrust. Do I feel good to you? <laughs> What's making you laugh? <laughs> the, um... That's it, Nesta. Yeah, so that part, like the <laughs> fuck yes and do I feel good to you, like those are so hot. But instead of him being like, that's it, Nesta, that's when you throw in a look at what a good girl you're being, Nesta. Just, yeah. Tell me I'm a good girl, daddy. Yes. That's it, Nesta. Yeah. Yeah, that. Okay. I get you. No, you're grounding the moment, which is great. <laughs> <laughs> she whimpered her confirmation then managed to say I like it when you ride me hard every time I move and my body is sore she had to fight for the words for control I think of you of your cock good I want my cock to be the only thing you think about his pace faltered as he licked up the column of her neck she could hear the taunting smile in his words as he whispered, because your pretty little cunt is the only thing I think about. Why can Sarah J. Mass write the word, like write the word cunt, cunt but, but not, not clit? clit. <laughs> I, that, I totally thought about that, but also, but also I have never felt so dirty after I read that, like, I mean, and I read that, like, the ritual, like, smut, and this was still better to me because, <laughs> like, you're, t I mean, it's, like, degrading and praising at the same time, and I, that is me, that is what I need, I need you to degrade me and then tell me I'm being good, like, that I'm taking it well. <laughs> And him saying, I was like, oh, that's, that's when Cassian became my book boyfriend. Mm -hmm. Yeah. At the worst. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just like, <laughs> come on, guys. Stop talking. Just finish. Because <laughs> I don't stand either one of them. So I'm a little like. <laughs> I, I would definitely. Definitely offer myself as a unicorn for Cassian and Nesta. Like, I'd be like, absolutely use me. Use me as much as you fucking want. I will love every bit of it and I will never complain. And I will only stop when you want me to stop. <laughs> okay, I gotta get through this because I feel like I'm getting impassioned by my horniness. And that's gonna sway some things away that I don't know if we're ready for. So. At the words, his foul language, her co 
I hate when I do this where I make I combine two words. It's her her toes curled, but I was gonna say her curled. Her her, her no, I was gonna say her toes. His her toes. <laughs> okay. But she wouldn't let him win this one. Not when this had somehow become a competition for who could make the other come first. So she whispered, I love being so covered in your seed that it leaks out of me for ages afterwards. I love feeling it slide down my thighs and knowing you left your mark in me. And I am going to say, don't say seed, say come. So that's I'm going to read. That's one of my words. <laughs> so I'm going to reread it as come. <clears throat> <clears throat> at the words, his foul language, her toes curled, but she wouldn't let him win this one, not when this had somehow become a competition for who could make the other come first. So she whispered, I love being so covered in your cum that it leaks out of me for ages afterward. I love feeling it slide down my thigh and knowing you left your mark in me. Fuck. He blew out, his pounding wild now, so unchecked, only her hold on their de on the desk kept her feet on the ground. Fuck. Cassian came with a roar. <laughs> and at the first pulse of his cock spurting into her, she climaxed, screaming loud enough that he clamped a hand over her mouth. She bit down on his fingers, and he kept moving in her, spilling himself over and over until his seed uh, was again running down her thighs until he slid his finger through a stream of it and brought it up to that spot at the apex of her sex. You have no idea what you just started, he whispered in her ear, smearing his wetness there, rubbing it into her sensitive flesh with idle circles. Nesta didn't reply as his flingers ficked against her and she came again. And end. Same. <laughs> just please stop calling it seed. Say the word clit, like, oh my god. Okay, is so, like, clit really much worse than cunt? Like, am I missing something? No, I, I don't. I, it's, I don't okay. understand it. But before all. we, like, get into your words thing, like, did you find any of this book sexy? If you're not I mean, a Nesta and Cassian fan? Yeah, for sure. But I also... <sighs> There's only so many ways you can write a sex scene. Yeah. I feel like... I read Fourth Wing, and I read... You keep bringing that up. Is Fourth Wing, fourth wing better? No. Oh. But, uh, oh, is it like the you're over it kind of thing? It's like, I think I need a cleanser. <laughs> I get that. That's um, why we're going to read lesbian books. We're going to read lesbian <laughs> sapphic love affairs next. I really agree with you on that one. Like, I want to... I also would like to imagine licking somebody's clit so well it's just like <clears throat> it just gets sort of repetitive and mm -hmm. part of me this i'm gonna embarrass myself <laughs> i mean i, I literally just said that i like to lick clit so I don't no it's a different kind of embarrassment <laughs> <laughs> the way that you've okay i'm ready <laughs> no 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 it's, it's truly just embarrassing it's not sexy at all <laughs> uh, like as I read that, a big part of me is like, now she's gonna have to go change, like change clothes. <laughs> he's always like, there's always so much cum everywhere. I, he's he, like a teenage boy. <laughs> I mean, if he's got a big dick, he's gotta have big balls, right? 
I mean, I'm sure that's not always true, but like his balls were slapping against her. No, so they like, gotta be big. The part, <laughs> it's like the part of me that's like, oh my gosh, this is a, uh, smut, the smut is so spicy and I'm so into it. There's like that, and then there's the voice in my back, the back of my head that's like, thank God they have a magical house because <laughs> who else is this? Like, we come everywhere. Go clean that up. I mean, I too think about that sometimes as well, where I'm like, Dakota and I have literally laid out a towel underneath me before, kind of thing. So, want to do laundry. <laughs> Yeah, like sometimes it, it really does creep up in you where you're like, that's unrealistic. They're skipping a very important part of the process, which is the cleanup afterwards. Is she peeing after You sex? gotta go pee. <laughs> you gotta pee and you gotta <laughs> pussy fart that come outside of you. She takes the tonic, okay? <laughs> I, I circled around the fertility tree thrice this month. <laughs> Oh, I wore, I, I wear the stone of, the stone of protection, contraception stone. Ugh. I, yeah, you can't, it's not a stone and there's not a ritual to keep you from getting a UTI, baby girl. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Take, there's some stuff in here. Yeah, like we should, I mean, we should normalize it. That's why that show Sex Education is really good. I'm so oh, excited it's about oh, to come back out. Um, so good. I'm rewatching it now. Oh, uh, I just realized how much I fucking hate Otis, though. So <laughs> it kind of, it's hard to watch. So yeah, there's like some stuff in here that I did appreciate, like uh, Nesta masturbating and not mm -hmm. with like a cone shaped pillow like fucking you what was that like, i haven't seen that show but you haven't oh no. my god okay so the very first season like this the chick that he's stalking i think her name is beck doesn't have first of all she doesn't have any fucking curtains on her uh windows no blinds no curtains they're in new york and she like has sex with somebody and this Joe, the stalker dude is like watching her have sex with this dude and it's definitely not satisfying. And when he leaves, she masturbates to get herself off, which uh, I've had that happen before too. And it is a bummer. It is such a bummer, but she has a pillow. It's like a velvet, a green velvet, like lumbar support pillow. <laughs> It's, from anthropology yes <laughs> and she takes that and she puts it like on her clit and that's what it like she's grinding against to make her come okay and listen oh. so that's just not realistic that like i mean i don't know maybe maybe somebody's been able to do that but like the fact that she was like in in a court of silver flames that nesta was like humping her hand I was like, okay, I get that. That makes more sense. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, no, that I works. Think, <laughs> I like, I appreciate the way some of it is written. And then part of me is like, I can't hang with this because <laughs> everything's sticky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the other things that I was going to bring up is that, mm -hmm. dear God, Sarah, <laughs> I know you just had a child. 
because uh. I read about it in the acknowledgments of A Court of Frost and Starlight. Mm-hmm. So, like, in the sex scenes, don't use the word suckling. Don't use the word milking. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I can't. Please, no. Please stop. That's not sexy. No. I mean, yeah, there are some things that take me out of it. Like, it's hard to, to suspend the disbelief. That's it, Nesta. Yeah. Oh, that's it, Nesta. It's kind of like... You you're out riding your horse, and your horse makes the jump that you've been practicing. Mm-hmm. That's it, Nesta. <laughs> Tallyo. <laughs> Shit. Sorry. ho Nesta. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I mean, they're riding, so. Mm. <laughs> Jesus. Oh mm. god. What were some other words? <laughs> Those were that, the, um, the spilling, the seed. Yeah. Spilling. I like, okay, so Robert Plant mm-hmm. said, once said, I want to squeeze you until the juice runs down my leg. And wow. I feel like that's, that is effective. <laughs> <laughs> that's more effective than yeah, it's like, spilling get seed. The, get a thesaurus out. <laughs> Workshop it. Mm-hmm. You can tell some of these vocabulary words haven't been ran by people. Yeah. No one, someone would be like, I don't know, maybe you shouldn't. She write needs that, to, like, <laughs> she needs a Gen Zer to be reading yeah. her to proofread. <laughs> um, but yeah, those were those were pretty pretty much it. And, mm-hmm. and this one's not even sexual, but I swear <laughs> to God, if she describes the stones that the priestesses wear as limpid one more time i i'm gonna write a strongly worded letter just and it's just gonna be dear sarah here are other words you can use besides limpid clear see-through translucent transparent like stop using that word limpid blue stone limpid blue stone as a Libra, let me provide you an exhaustive <laughs> list of things that you could use. I will be your personal thesaurus. Yeah. Just, 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 come on. <laughs> okay. Come on. All right. So I think on the smut, we're good because it wasn't vibing with you like it was for me. Um, and that's totally fine. I hope some of my girlies out there, or gays, no, 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 no. I hope, yes, I hope my girls, gays, and theys appreciate it and mm-hmm. appreciated me reading the chapter. Otherwise, I'm going to be real I fucking embarrassed. It too. I don't no. want you to think that I don't value your input. Oh, I, I do. I know you do. Thank you. Okay. 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 Good. So we need to, like, Tell so Megan, before I get before we get into like the truth universally acknowledged are our also pure moments and our rating, I'm gonna need you to catch us up to the very end of the book so that when I give you my rating, my complaint will make sense. So we left off with Nesta had been training 
she got her besties, uh, Gwen and Emery, to join her and then eventually got the priestesses uh, from the House of Wind Library. Some of them started coming up as well. There was a point that I wanted to make that was important. Oh, Gwen is working for a priestess. So Gwen is a priestess as well, and she's working for Meryl, another priestess. And Meryl is working on a dissertation, I think would be the right academic word, um, detailing the history of the Valkyries, which was an all-female warrior race, similar to the Illyrians. Right. Okay, go. They start training, and then... They decide to start using some of the same techniques as the Valkyrie. There's, like, writing in the book that sort of sets up the stage for them to, like, recreate this race of female warriors. Not And maybe race isn't the right word because this time they're going to, like, include everybody um, who wants to join. Mm-hmm. Illyrian or fae or fairy, etc. Somehow, mm-hmm. the three of them mm-hmm. get kidnapped oh because like in the background nesta has been assigned to find the dead trove to be able to Mm -hmm. like utilize its powers but they're also trying to get it away from the queen the once mortal queen that was put into the cauldron after nesta out of spite the cauldron made her high fae but also made her really fucking old so she's got a vendetta against nesta so they're trying to collect this dead trove so that she can't have it and manipulate a war to happen just literally to kill Nesta, and that is her only goal. And then we also have Feyre being pregnant and Resand freaking out about shit. And Nesta makes three magic weapons. Because... Yeah, she makes a new dead trove. Yeah, she makes that. She <clears throat> um, gets really pissed off because they decide... They once again make a decision about her and then mm-hmm. um, tell her. And so in revenge, she tells Feyre what they know about the baby. Resan <clears throat> threatens to kill her. Yeah. What a dick. Uh, Cassian is like, don't do that. I'll just take her on a ca- camping trip and we'll work mm-hmm. it all out. It'll be fine. And then she and then, falls apart and thinks she's a literal piece of shit. Yeah. Which, I mean, relatable. So Yeah. I mean. And then... They end up, Nesta, Glenn, and Emery get kidnapped and entered into the Great Rite. Mm-hmm. And the magic of it is that, like, they can't leave. They can't exit it until the mm-hmm. week is up. Mm-hmm. And no one could come in to save them. Explain or... what the Great Rite is. The Great Rite is this... Oh. Sorry, I need to temper... What I'm going to say. <laughs> Don't do I it. Annoyed. <laughs> Unsheath your rage. Oh, another <laughs> word. I just <laughs> sheathed to the hilt. Pulled back slowly. Sheathed. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, so the Great Rite is a trial for Illyrian warriors to prove themselves before, like, to prove they are, like, ready macho macho if toxic masculinity was a competition um, (laughs) truly that is what this is and you can't use magic once you or weapons like you have to make your own weapons right so once you're in it you can't get out until the week is over the goal is to survive and to get to ramiel the mountain Mm -hmm. 
the top of the mountain. Oh, that's the uh, anglicized word that you were like, I'm going to yeah. look this up. Yep, mm -hmm. I remember that. Yeah. Romeo happens to be the name of like a watcher angel. And Cassian is always feeling like that peak is watching over everybody. Mm -hmm. And so anyway, that's the that's the one they have to get to the top of. Mm -hmm. it, and there's only you go go you go <laughs> there's only been like six uh illyrians who have done this mm -hmm. cassian asriel and reese did of, it of course and then the other ones are all dead i think yeah that's the competition that nesta emory and gwen find themselves in mm -hmm. and they have to survive it they are fucking badasses they are and i appreciate the way that they look out for each other and won't leave anybody behind mm -hmm. and it's beautiful camaraderie mm -hmm. i just hate the vehicle for showing it <laughs> i i 100 percent appreciate that a point and i agree it's like we can do this a different way yeah and so. also it paralleled the whole journey with cassian like resand and asriel as well like it was pretty similar shit yeah it's kind of like repetitive i don't think any of these books pass the bechdel test do they um yeah more more and favor have conversations about what it's like like after war and yeah. oh and her and Omrin do get like trapped in that uh -huh. place together so okay yeah yeah yeah. And, and Nesta and Amarin have mm -hmm. fights. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. So it does, right. but All it's right. also like... Barely. Gwen and Nesta have those conversations. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so they're on that mountain now, and they are reaching the peak of it to get the fuck out of there. I can't remember what this place is called where Nesta has to like hold the fort down so Emery and Gwen can get to the top because Gwen is like severely injured, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. And she, so Nesta sacrifices herself essentially to help them get to the top against, and she's going to fight this big fucker. And she does end up killing him, but then the Wicked Witch shows up. What's her name? Brian, Brian, Brie Allen. Brie Allen shows up. Yeah. And is like, surprise, like I have manipulated this whole thing. And she has control of Cassian because Nesta did not get all of the dead trove. She was able to get the harp and the mask, but she could not get the crown because Brianne has already gotten it. And she's using it to control Cassian. Emery and Gwen reach the top. They're the highest of high of the Illyrian warriors at this point. They have the same rank now as Rhysand, Cassian, and Asriel. They get out, which is exactly what Nesta wanted, and she's like, this is a suicide mission at this point. And mm -hmm. um, then Cassian comes through, and he's being manipulated, and Brialin is trying to get him to kill Nesta, and but because she didn't use quite the right, like, phrasing, he was able to find a loophole in, uh, in, while he's under this control and goes to stab himself. And then Nesta's like, fuck no. No, I'm not watching Cassian kill himself. And her powers explode. And she basically, like, incinerates this queen. Gets the crown. Cassian's fine. 
Fast forward, they're back at the house in Valeris just in time where Feyre is having her baby and she is dying. And then Nesta saves her by putting on all of the dead troves, stopping time, and then making a bargain with the cauldron that she will give back her powers if the cauldron will save Feyre. And then, so there's always the cauldron and the mother in the lore. So Mm -hmm. I always think of it as like mother nature and God kind of thing. That's that's how I translate it in my brain to make sense of it. The mother comes through and she protects Nesta as well and leaves like 15% of the power left within her. And Feyre is okay. Resand is like, I'm forever in Nesta's debt. And she decides to have a mating ritual with Cassian. And it ends with them going to the cemetery to visit their father's grave. And they're about to go home for the mating ceremony. So and that's it. That's it. That's how it ends. And oh, and like, okay, so it digressing for one second. At one point, Nesta goes back to their old cottage and she finds some of her dad's wood carvings and she keeps them and they don't come back up until the very last scene where she takes the rose that he carved and she puts it on top of his headstone because she it's like her ritual to show that she knew that he was still trying to bring some beauty into this world. And that made me cry. Yeah. So that's why I had to bring it up. But that is how it ends. And there's a lot of things that aren't addressed. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, and uh, part of her bargain was she also made it to where the cauldron widened her hips so that she could have an Illyrian baby without dying. Oh, I forgot about that. Yep. Nesta did? Yep. She altered. These, these bitches are crazy. <laughs> None of them should be having children right They are now. 25. Nesta is 25. <laughs> Jesus Christ. We just, I mean, I, uh, it's just so... <sighs> There were more than baby makers. Every time they talk about the Illyrians and how Reese and Cassian and Asriel are like, we're going to turn the society around where the females can train to be warriors too. And the men will take on some of the um, roles Mm -hmm. that the female do, like the cooking and cleaning and caregiving. But it just takes time. The Fae live for ages and ages and any change just takes so much time (laughs) but they're like oh no we don't have time we gotta have babies (laughs) one of us might die (laughs) yeah everything just takes so much time the fae we just have so much time (laughs) in the next fucking breath sjm is like "Mm, well mm, it's time to have some babies we don't have time there's no time Widen the hips magically so that I can push Cassian's seed back out. Oh, 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 oh. oh my gosh. Okay, well, I'm going to go on my rant that I said I was going to go on, um, and then I'm going to give my rating, and then I want to hear your rating. <clears throat> so I wrote this as a complaint. I think it's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's bullshit Nesta gave up her powers to save Feyre. Feyre. 
there is never any attempt during the book for Nesta to learn about her power or how to properly wield it. We have all this build up when she finds and uses the dead trove, which are the mask, the harp, and the crown. And she even made a new dead trove with the swords and daggers that she created at the, what is it, the blacksmith. Yet, there is hardly any exploration of her connection to these items and how she could possibly channel her power through them. We see her build her physical and mental strength and her powers exploding when she thought Cassian was going to kill himself. And I was thinking that the next step in this journey for Nesta would be for her to have to have her start embracing her powers instead of shoving them down. But we have this background issue with Feyre being pregnant and because she conceived in the form of an Illyrian, her body thought she was an Illyrian and developed a Illyrian fetus. But her actual body is Fey, so her vaginal opening won't be able to stretch far enough to push a child with wings out of her body. This means that she and the baby will die and to add more stress to the situation we find out that Rhysand and Feyre made a bargain that if they die they would die if one of them would die the other will too which kind of defeats the point of Feyre deciding to have a child to have a piece of Rhysand if he died because she will also die so yeah. instead of Nesta having her own personal journey separate from Feyre all of her development was a plot device ultimately used to save Feyre and having to sacrifice like 85% of her powers scene and <clears throat> I know it would I know it would be surprising to hear this because of how much I've shat on some of the stuff in this. I did really love the book. I love the smut. I love Nesta. I loved her journey. I connected with it so personally. Cassian is like, do you ever have dreams sometimes that like you're meeting the love of your life and you just feel this like immense joy being with them and it's like a very like loaded dream and then you wake up and you feel kind of empty then like because you're like oh that wasn't real i've not had that dream you've I never had the dream where my teeth fall out oh shit <laughs> i don't know why i have these dreams but i do and so like cassie and i feel like i was thinking of those dreams that i have sometimes and so I felt very personally attached to both of these characters and I love them both very much. And I was there like so supportive of their journey together and as of individuals. So I gave it a 9.5 and I did. Oh, wow. Yeah, I did. It is my favorite in this series as well because it's my favorite characters, yeah. but I deducted because I think that they did Nesta dirty. Like she had so much buildup and everything got wasted to save Faye. It's I wouldn't say wasted because she did so willingly, but I'm just really mad at SJM for using her development as a plot device. She could have been a very complex character on her own. Well, and I, I, I think she is. I but think that, like, I don't think she is. Like, everything about, like, all the, everything that she went through, like, the camaraderie that she felt with the priestesses and Gwen and Emery and the relation the even like close personal relationships that she had with Gwen and Emery that was for her to embrace sisterhood so she could be a better sister to Net uh, to Feyre to be able to express her love for Feyre in a way that she hadn't been able to before so you think that SJM wrote it that way not that like she wanted to have 
she wanted Feyre to have those things, and therefore Feyre was like, oh, I can actually be, like, generous and open with Feyre, too. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I don't think that, like, first of all, if, like, I think if it was going to be about Feyre, mm-hmm. then there would be, like, Feyre's POV in the book, maybe? I do think that, like, the culmination of having to save Feyre and Reese and ultimately, like, the whole Night Court mm-hmm. can be read as, like, not necessarily as she's, like, a plot device to mm-hmm. meet that end, but, like, that's her big hero moment. Yeah, I just that, didn't think that it... makes sense. I get that, and I accept it, but I graciously disrespect that it is about Feyre that she makes that like she has this hero moment but it's always revolving like it always somehow comes back to Feyre and Feyre's well-being and I honestly like I I just think that at, for SJM Feyre is probably her favorite character and I think that that just kind of like leaves a bias that comes through in her writing yeah so I don't think that she gave Nesta enough attention and care that she did with Feyre, because Feyre had three books. I mean, this is a pretty big-ass book, though. Well, it's only, like, 100 pages longer than Akawar. That's true. I feel like Feyre has three books because of all of the world-building that Mm -hmm. has to take place, too. Mm -hmm. And there's a huge, like, plot shift between, like, what happens in the first book and then, like, what the second and third book take place Mm -hmm. I actually feel like sometimes the action sequences of Mm -hmm. like what the characters are actually doing in Silver Flames Mm -hmm. is gratuitous I just read it as like so much of this book is Mm -hmm. Nesta training trying to get over herself Mm -hmm. not not like trying to get over herself but like trying to heal Mm mm-hmm and getting in her own way, and then trying to heal some more, and then mm-hmm. getting in her own way. Right. And, <laughs> and so, mm-hmm. I just think, like, I totally think that there could have been two books. I think the Valkyrie storyline could have been a book. Mm-hmm. I think Feyre getting pregnant and the dread trove, like, that could have been a book. Mm-hmm. So I agree with you there. No part of me was like, this is all in service to Feyre. I feel like it was, like, very Nesta-focused. I don't mm-hmm. Like, I just think that it's just too much in one book for me. I, I agree with that. And then also, like, you are a Feyre girly and I'm a Nesta girly, so... I don't think I'm a Feyre girly anymore. I don't know what kind of a girly I am. Because, like, yeah. her being such a little, like, oh, it's Reese's idea. I'm just going to go along with it. And <laughs> She um, does kind of turn into what Reese Sand was trying to save her from with Tamlin. That and like she's an asshole to Lucian again yeah. and again. She's an asshole, like mm-hmm. I don't know. I, yeah, I because don't... it's like Nesta's an asshole because she's like, I will taint anybody that has a relationship with me. I'm a literal piece of shit. I'm pushing this person away. But like Feyre was like as kind of an asshole, but I don't regret it. Yeah. Uh, and I don't I don't so I don't feel like I'm a favorite girly. Like, I relate to her a lot in the first and second books Mm -hmm. because of her, like, I have to fix everything. It's all on Mm -hmm. me. That I get big time. 
Mm-hmm. I can't ask for help. I have to do it and I mm-hmm. have to do it all and I have to do it perfect all of mm-hmm. the time. <laughs> so okay. I really relate to that. But then, you know, it's almost like once she's not in her journey, she gets to the end of her personal journey or whatever. I just like I don't connect with her anymore because mm-hmm. I just find her we diverge in what we feel like. <laughs> yeah. So good choices. So yeah, I'm a Nesta girly, so I'm gonna go hard for her. She, I, that's why I'm like fuck Feyre, um, and yeah. you're just like, eh, Feyre, whatever. <laughs> yeah, and I'm kind of just like, uh, I'm just like you guys, just fucking be nice to each other, right? For it's not sake. that hard. That's what made me really upset is because it felt like a lot of the emotional labor fell on Nesta to mend relationships. Like nobody else really made the effort. I would say that, like, Elaine owed her more effort, Amron mm. owed her more effort. Mm-hmm. I want to push back gently with Feyre, because, and I sound like a Feyre girl, but I'm not. But I am just saying, like, that is the primary perspective that we get, and mm-hmm. we know, like, the guilt that she carries, because it's her, it's ultimate. it's like, it's my fault that they got kidnapped, and it's my fault that I couldn't keep them from going in the cauldron. It's my mm-hmm. fault that Elaine was comatose. It's my fault that Nesta has this scary power, and she's drinking herself into an oblivion every night. Mm-hmm. So I do think that Feyre cares, or presents as caring, and mm-hmm. carrying it with her. It's, it's just like her approach is really shitty. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. She gives her space because she's honestly, like, scared of Nesta. Mm-hmm. But it's not fair to be scared of somebody like that, like... Okay, well, what's your rating? I give it, like, a seven. Really? Okay. I, so, I gave it a seven, and I kind of touched on this already. I should have been two books. It's just yeah. too thick. Yeah. So there's so I'll, much agree going with that. on. Yeah. <laughs> I agree with that, because uh, there's a lot of things that are still left unanswered. There's so much that's left unanswered. Yeah, because uh, Swan Lake dude comes up again. Mm-hmm. There's the middle. More is nowhere to be found. Oh, God, I know, right? There's uh, all the shit that Azrael's doing on the mm-hmm. side that is just mm-hmm. like, he's just really yeah. busy, Cassian. That's why you have to be the one to talk to Eris all the time. Yeah. Oh, also Eris, like, that's uh-huh. still Tamlin. Tamlin running around like a beast. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of stuff that needs to be tied up. I agree. Mm-hmm. I Two absolutely books. agree. I agree. Two books. You know what? I'm going to take it down to a nine for that because <laughs> I didn't think about that. And that's a really solid point. So another half point. The other thing that I did not appreciate was that I just think it's kind of a weak plot point mm-hmm. that Feyre can shapeshift into her Illyrian body, completely change her DNA. Mm-hmm. And so that she's having an Illyrian baby, but the healer that they have is like, whoa, 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 no <laughs> shapeshifting, no shapeshifting after that. Like there's a baby in you right now. You cannot shapeshift back, even though it might mean that you might save your life, even though the baby is Illyrian and you just want to shapeshift into an Illyrian. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. I just think that's really weak writing. Well, yeah, I mean, it doesn't make Megan, it doesn't make sense. Well, Megan, why are you expecting anybody to care about a woman's reproductive right? Ugh. I really think that that you're the problem. Oh, 
It's me. Hi. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. So that's, that that was my thing. It's like, it should Mm -hmm. be two books. There's so much going on. Mm -hmm. And the way the priestesses are treated. Like, yeah. If you want to get better, you got to be a warrior. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't know. I didn't love that. And then I didn't love the fact that Shara, Shara, Shara can't shape shaft. (laughs) Um, you gotta pet that dog. Get up at that dog. I'm gonna pet um. that dog. <laughs> I have echolocalia. I don't know. If I've ever told you about that, but it's from the autism and OCD. Where like, if I hear something, I will just like repeat it out louder in my brain a bunch. Oh, yeah. I, I know. I know. My brother does that a little bit. Maybe he has echolocalia, but Maybe. yeah. So, so like the can I pet that dog like it's been stuck in my head for so long the like the last other two weeks it was something my boss said she was like yeah like because we were talking about putting uh fake names into the system at work to test and she's like I'm gonna make my name Princess Consuela Banana Hammock and then my, then my brain for like two weeks was like Princess Consuela Banana Hammock oh like I, it just kept saying it. I have this too, I think, because I. Uh, so there's a little girl at work. I was listening to a conversation she was having with her teacher, and she was like, "Me no mean, me nice," and uh, I kid you not, my brain for like over a week was just like in this in nobody, absolutely no one, nothing. My brain, me no mean, me nice, me no mean, me nice. <laughs> It's me. I get that. <laughs> yep. Yep. So you, I hope, I hope you enjoy what I've just implanted. Me, me, me nice. I don't know if I could do it that quick, so my brain's not going to do it. It's it's already tossed it out as a possibility. Oh not a God. tongue. It's not going to be a tongue twister. <laughs> um, okay. So moving um, on. <laughs> so yeah, those. That's my se- seven. It's a seven. Okay, I'm taking mine down to the nine. To the night. Okay. Thank you. I'm I'm glad that you saw my thought my thought my points were valid. Well, and I thought the same thing. I just like for some reason my brain didn't think of like there should have just been at least another book for this part. Like Mm -hmm. it didn't think that way. And I think like your your point about like Nesta being like oh to be redeemed she has to save Feyre. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't have felt so on the nose. If mm-hmm. over the course of two books, I think yeah, well, she did that. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Her self-actualization could occur in one book. And in the next book, when she's, like, really exploring her mm-hmm. powers, yeah, she just saves Feyre and doesn't have to sacrifice anything. Exactly. That's what I hate. Uh, anyway, okay. <clears throat> What's your truth universal... Uh, truth universally acknowledged i didn't really have one. Oh, okay that's fine because i do okay you go ahead all right so i'm going to pull up the page what happened to you emory asked as they panted through their abdominal exercises you look white as death bad dreams nesta said willing herself not to look to where cassian stood instructing Rosalind from a respectful distance on how to do a proper squat They'd had a quiet breakfast, but it hadn't been awkward. It had been comfortable, easy, pleasant. Gwen asked on Nesta's other side, do you have them often? 
Yes, Nesta finished a sit-up, grunting through the weakness in her middle. Me too, Gwen said quietly. Some nights, I need a sleeping potion from our healer to knock me out. Emery gave Gwen an assessing look. Emery never asked about Gwen's past or the histories of the other priestesses, but she was a cunning female. Surely she'd seen the way they kept a healthy distance from Cassian, scented their hesitation and fear, and put a few things together. Emery asked Nesta, what did you dream about? Nesta's body locked up, but she launched back into motion, refusing to let the memories master her. I dreamed of the cauldron and what it did to me. Gwen said, playing with her hair, I dream of my past too. But Gwen's admission, Nesta's own, didn't weigh them down. Nesta's head had cleared slightly, and somehow she found she could push herself harder. My universal truth is, there is a strength in reciprocal vulnerability. Yeah. A shared strength, I would, I'd say. Because I think the reciprocal vulnerability is that she's finding with Emery and Gwen is what's missing in her relationships with Feyre and Elaine is that no one, no one between the three of those sisters has admitted a weakness or a fault or a fear to one another. There's really been zero emotional intimacy with the, with the sisters. Right. And that's why I get so mad at Feyre and Elaine is because I'm like, if somebody anybody would just speak the fuck up and be like i'm in pain but they don't and i think that if they did it could have been a way that nesta redeemed herself without sacrificing something because i don't think she should have i don't think any of them should have had to sacrifice anything I think a lot of people would say, well, like, Feyre sacrificed so much to, like, help them. And it's like, yeah, but, like, isn't part of breaking the cycle being like, well, I suffered, but I don't want them to. Yeah, why Why would it be like Nesta had to sacrifice to even, like, to balance the scales between her and Feyre? I just don't think that that's, like, a healthy way to go about it. I just think that's lazy writing. Yes. And... <sighs> Like, because I really was just like, Emery and Gwen are her family. Like, they're more her family than Feyre and Elaine are. And everybody, like, nobody else really makes the effort because it's going back to that thing that we talked about in our last episode. It's like, someone as guarded as Nesta, it takes a lot more work. And that means it's going to be hard. I think that, I think you're right. But I also think that just in the fact that the thoughts that chase Nesta around and haunt her Mm -hmm. are that she couldn't protect Elaine and she pushes Elaine away. She didn't step in and do anything when Feyre was the one that went out to hunt and when Mm -hmm. Feyre was taken by Tamlin. And so I do think that part of processing her trauma, I don't think like everything has to be sunny, happy, oh, you've got your, we're big, happy family again. Mm -hmm. I don't think that is, like, what it needs to be. And I think that it could have been handled in a different way. But I do think that she wasn't going to fully heal just because of how repetitive those thoughts were and intrusive those thoughts were. I just think she, I think she, despite wanting not wanting to I do think she cares about those sisters of hers 
I do too. And I don't think that she would be satisfied with herself and her future if she didn't make some sort of progress with them. I hate that it's very one-sided. Yeah, like that's said. what that's what I mean. And yeah. not having some sort of conversation. Mm-hmm. Going back to the communication bit of it. Okay, so we've talked a lot about some sad stuff and some, some agitating things and some smutty things, but let's talk about our happies with also pure moments. All right, mine is a... Nesta and Gwen moment. Okay. And it's like a, almost like a foil. Gwen is almost like a foil to Feyre to me Mm -hmm. um, with Nesta because I think Nesta has a little bit of like, not jealousy, but like, look at my perfect sister and her perfect house and her perfect husband and her Mm -hmm. perfect court. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I couldn't invite you over. I had to pretend to be plastic. Did you just suck up each other's awesomeness? Sorry, that's exactly (laughs) what that reminded me of. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, she's she she definitely has that sort of opinion of Farah. But then like there's a moment in the book where she goes, Gwen was probably good at this. Gwen was good at everything, actually. It didn't irk her though. For whatever reason, Nesta wanted to crow about her friend to anyone who'd listen. And I just feel like that's a such a a moment of like pure love and friendship and that, sisterhood. And that's why she, I feel like that they're be, they're more family. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, for sure. Mm-hmm. But I think that like she she has to have that person. She has to have Gwen in order to get to a point where she can even tolerate Vera. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, I love that she's like Gwen was good at everything, but it doesn't bother me. I actually want to be like look at my friend Gwen have you seen her she's amazing (laughs) and she's so pretty yes she loves when she sings (laughs) yes I love that I Mm -hmm. absolutely love that one um both of mine are are Nesta and Gwen moments too it's wonderful yeah okay so I have two I'm gonna read just a little bit uh so my also pure moment my first one is nesta smiling for the first time in a long time after she successfully switched books on meryl's shelf to cover up gwen's mistake Mm -hmm. so setting the scene gwen is in the library she is working with meryl on a project and there is a moment where gwen is like I fuck this up and I'm gonna get chewed the fuck out and then Nesta decides to help her and we haven't seen Nesta open up to anybody or care about anyone else just yet so she goes out of her way to do this like thing for Gwen yes the scene setting is Gwen has come to her in a frenzy she's like I don't know where that book is and then Gwen's like okay I'll go find it Nesta ends up finding it and then she goes to Meryl's office to switch out the books so that's it All right, guys. Um, this is it for the SJM universe for now. So, yeah. I already got the entire Throne of Glass series. So, that'll come <laughs> at a later date, though. We both need palate cleansers. Oh yeah, I'm buried out. I think. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. Right. And until next time, stay curious. Stay curious. Bye. Bye.